Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thank you. 
it You don't need someone telling you what to do You just want to keep up the fat fat boom Hello, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. It's the podcast where we debate the benefits of working different jobs while trying to play music. We try and determine how much of our regular jobs define us, whether we want to admit it or not. Kirst has just released her wonderful EP, Thud, on the excellent Sad Club Records. It's a really, really great listen. And she's in the UK this week. Tomorrow, she's playing a sold-out Lexington here in London. If you're missing that or don't have tickets, She's playing two more London shows later on the tour and also Portsmouth, Bristol, Brighton, Leeds and Margate. Go and follow her to find those dates. I'm going to try and make at least a couple of them. You can listen to the third EP at sadclubrecords.com which takes you to their band camp and I highly, highly recommend it. I think it's excellent and I can't wait to see it live. Cheers for listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs supported by 2000 Trees Festival who a couple of weeks ago announced a whole host of amazing bands and artists, including Spielbergs, Sprints, The Chisel, Press Club, Crows, Joyce Manor, Microwave, Holding Absence, Rival Schools, 100 Reasons. If that sounds a bit like you, that's in Cheltenham this July, just a couple of hours away from London on the train. They're doing a four-day lineup from Wednesday through to Saturday, which is pretty good, actually, because you get the Sunday to recover and you don't have to take it off work. You can get your tickets at 2000treesfestival.co.uk and with the voucher code 101POD, you can get 20 quid off that ticket. That's 2000treesfestival.co.uk, voucher code 101POD, get 20 quid straight off that ticket and enjoy a brilliant independent festival. Here's Kirst on 101 Part-Time Jobs. Go and listen to that thud EP. Go well. Cheers. I mean, hey, you're, I, was, I was looking on Bandcamp and the first thing there is from 2016, which is quite a long time ago now. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's a... I don't honestly don't know why I keep that one up. <laughs> oh, it's good yeah. for, for prosperity. Prosperity. Yeah, Prosperity. it's a. Uh, oh yeah, I guess to, to go back to the to the very beginning. <laughs> um, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I so I, I was in a band in high school. Uh, we were kind of more like like psych rock. It, it was weird because I think you know, like I I'm the youngest of of three. Um, I have an older brother and an older sister, and like by a bit, like they're like six and eight years older than me. It, it's a weird gap, definitely, because it's like there's like there was a point when I hit about. 18 that they were like oh my god you're you're a real person like I can talk to you now and I was like you could have talked to me this whole time (laughs) Um, do you feel like you'd kind of been there you know people kind of maybe talking over you or maybe your voice wasn't heard that much but you you know you still knew as a teenager that you had valid things to say absolutely no yeah I definitely um I didn't talk much growing up um I think I'm I'm a pretty like shy person when you first get to know me um and then I'm like annoying as hell and like won't shut my mouth once you like know me really well but yeah I think it I think that directly yeah like you know like I wasn't even gonna try to get a word in like with my whole family because you know they're all sort of talking at each other and and they're older so you know their opinion matters more Um, could you take their lead in terms of sort of social stuff and you know, I mean, we're talking about jobs and surviving here. Could you kind of take that lead from them? Yeah, I think 
I think in in every regard, I was kind of looking up to them and I was like, I just want to do like what they do. And, you know, it, it was weird because my sister actually, she's an actress, started really young. And I was like so surprised that like our parents were, because they're just very practical people, um, you know, that they were open to such like creative endeavors for all of us, really. Um, you know, you know, they did the classic parent thing. They put us all in like piano and guitar lessons and I hated piano lessons and I, you know, so I just really didn't do anything for a while. And then my brother actually started playing guitar and I was like, I want to do that. I was like, I want to play guitar. <laughs> and, and I started taking like a couple of lessons with a family friend and, and I was like, this is like, this is it. And like, and, and I, I actually, I still love playing piano and I'm mostly self-taught at this point. Um, but yeah, it was something about like guitar that clicked. Um, especially like seeing my brother play and he did the kind of like classic, like teenage angsty thing where he just like lock himself in his room and like blast his amp, like on like the craziest setting. And I was like, that's awesome. I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> so I started playing guitar and about two years after that, um, I was, I was, you know, I was a freshman in high school and I like had a few classmates who had been playing music for like way longer than me. They were like, you know, they were like shredders. They were like crazy. Um, and they were sort of starting like a little group. And I was like, oh, like I'd love to, you know, sit in on a practice or something. And nothing really came of that. And like a year passed and I was like, hey, I was like, do you guys like want to start a band? <laughs> and And it kind of took off from there. And it was like, it was really, you know, it was a great experience, but Kind of going back to what you said, I'm I am a control freak. I'm like a massive control freak. <laughs> um, and in that setting, I didn't really have much control. I was like, you know, I mean, I'm the only girl in my band now, but I was the only girl then, and it was five dudes. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> and it was weird, you know. Like I grew up in the South. Which town? Columbia, South Carolina. So it's you know it's a college town. They had an amazing like really tight knit music scene, like which I'm really grateful for. So it was actually like really wonderful, you know, booking gigs at 15 and 16. People were really welcoming and open to that. Right. And how did you find that booking <laughs> gigs at 15, 16? Did you find it interesting that actually people did listen to you and you know you could book a night at a venue? You know, you'd been at school, middle school and high school where all you do is told what to do you, you don't want to go to someone else's party you want to make your own party absolutely yeah that was the that was the greatest thing is that surprisingly i i remember there's this one like year i was uh i was like walking through like our our very small like downtown area and i saw this band just like playing in the street and i was like and I, and I went up to them and i was like you guys are like incredible i was like you know do you have any other shows coming up like i have a band too like we'd love to play with you and i think i was a bit more like I had more audacity back then. I don't think I have that now. <laughs> um, but it was a small town and, you know, you kind of, kind of like just wanted any opportunity that you could get. And I think often it's responded to quite well, that stuff. You know, if someone, if you, as, as long as you're not rude, I think exactly. it gets, mostly gets responded to positively. Totally, totally. Yeah, you know, I would never like go up and be like, you guys, like, like what are you doing down here? You know, I was, I was never like, uh, you know, I, don't, I don't know how much capacity I have. Hey, my band's, my band's, pretty pretty good I actually think we're better than you actually <laughs> yeah. you know, those, those people exist still <laughs> no but. totally totally of course um I don't know yeah maybe it's like low self-esteem I definitely never I nev never did that <laughs> but yeah and and they were all like quite a bit older they were all like 
late 20s or something so they just have like this like weird like 15 year old girl being like my band would love to play with you <laughs> like and and you know maybe it like speaks to some deeper issue but they were like yeah of course like <laughs> um and but it was crazy they like booked us at uh, like at this um this place in my town called art bar and like they didn't actually allow any bands under 21 to play so they just like didn't tell the venue that we were like 16 years old <laughs> Um, and we got there and I remember really distinctly, uh, my guitarist was like going through the door and the bouncer like stopped us and was like, how old are you guys? And we were like, uh, 16. <laughs> and he was like, have you ever been punched in the face before? And we were like, he's like, no. And he's like, well, that won't happen if you don't drink tonight. <laughs> and we were just like, all right. We're like, okay. All right. We're going to like, you know, we're going to be good tonight. Well, you could play. You could play. Yeah, yeah, be you know as long as we didn't drink we were allowed to play so you hear stories uh, about underage people playing a gig they get there for sound check you know there's a bit of a rough and t- you know there's not yeah. with the promo and they have to stay outside until they play and they go outside again literally i mean yeah thank god it wasn't it wasn't that strict but i mean i heard about like a month prior to that like some band was like one of the members was 20 and they wouldn't let them play so i really don't know how they let us play but um it was crazy yeah yeah so like that whole experience like you know I like I was in that band for three years and you know we obviously split up once we were all like graduating and went to college um and so where were you at that time when when you were getting into college like where was your head at you know how much did you want to prioritize playing music yeah honestly you know I I kind of didn't really think of playing music like as a full-time thing it was even like a huge thing until like maybe my second or third year of college. Um, you know, I kind of was like, all right, like we've got we've got one creative in our family. Like I need to have like a steady job. <laughs> um, I was like, you know, I need to make my parents proud in, in this way. And 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 like hilariously enough, I like wanted to study like creative writing, which like I think is like not a, you know like I think when you tell your parents that you want to get like a job in that, they're like, that's not very lucrative you know like right you should be a doctor or something Um, you're quite smart but i I quite often think you know university age is still really young i mean when i was i was was doing nothing really well i wasn't thinking very smart no i mean i don't think that anybody should be allowed to make big life choices at that age like honestly like i don't really think i knew what i wanted to do with my life like and i don't even think i still really know like until the last like two years like and i I mean like after i graduated college um so yeah yeah it's definitely like a weird headspace and and it was funny actually because um three out of five of the boys in the band with me ended up going to the same school so they had like uh they kind of continued like a band in a different uh sort of capacity but you know it it was weird because then it like kind of required me to like branch out and really like try to meet new people when I came to school and yeah and I I, you know I really loved that because I was kind of ready at that point I was like I think I like I want to go a different direction and and it was it was really weird just because I don't think I even like the music that I right now like the EP that just came out um I don't really think I found that style until probably my last year of school because I was just kind of like I don't know. I mean, I, I was always doing music on the side alongside classes and, and working. And, you know, it was just like um, it was a weird thing. Definitely. Um, I just like nothing kind of felt right until until these songs sort of came out. Um, and I was like, yeah, I was like this. 
this makes the most sense. But but like, yeah, I mean, I think it's always, I think for every artist, it's always like changing and evolving. And I still feel that uh, very much so, especially like playing with a band now, which I used to like kind of record everything by myself and and, and take it upon myself, which you were saying earlier, um, maybe like to an alarming, like unhealthy extent. Um, but now I kind of like, I'm a bit more open to just like, you know, like opening that writing process up to like the whole band and and not trying to like take it so seriously. <laughs> I wonder if there's a lot of pressure on your shoulders because, you know, it's named after you. It's, it's Kirst after Kirsten. Totally. Is that right? Yeah, that's like the biggest thing. It's like, um, you know, like trying to not be too controlling over the whole thing. But it's like, yeah, it's like I it's named after me. And there's like this certain kind of pressure to like uphold like a, a reputation or or a certain kind of like ability um and so yeah I feel that a lot I mean I, I thought about it even like after the CP I was like oh my god I was like well now we're like a band should I just like change our name or something but it's like no you don't I don't know like I don't, I don't want any like inconsistencies but um yeah totally it is it is it's a completely different process when you were at college, did you have friends or other people that played music or had experience in it? I guess like mentors, you know, I think anyone would be really, anyone that has any kind of mentor is really lucky because totally. when you're out there swimming alone, <clears throat> that's fucking hard. You know, you're going to question yourself all the time. You need, you need like, you can't, no one can do this alone. I don't think. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, yeah, it, it was weird. Cause so the first like year or two of school, I wasn't even really, focusing on it I mean like you know I put out like one song a year or something like you yeah. know it was something that I did in in my spare time I had like my first year of school like um I had one friend that I met through classes who like I I think I had asked him to mix like a song that I'd already I pretty much already done but he like kind of showed me how to use like logic and stuff and he gave it to me for free because like he had it like on a hard drive and I still use that like 2017 version like to record everything because I just don't want to buy it um but that was great I mean that was like a big moment in terms of like oh now I have like the software and like I kind of know what I'm doing um but it wasn't honestly until um my senior year my last year of school that like um I had this friend in my classes um his name is Sam. His name is Sam Slocum. He plays in um, this band, Ben Steller. And he, like, had been trying to do, like, a solo record for a while. And he, like, approached me with some of the raw tracks. And I think that was the first time I'd, I'd played with somebody, like, you know, very intimately since the band in high school. And, and like, I think, you know, that experience in high school, I was like, all right. I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to take everything into my own hands. <laughs> um, and that was, like a hard thing to do for sure just because you know it's especially like I'm I'm kind of like a perfectionist when it comes to like the tracks and like every little sound um and so inviting other people into that process like I was like I don't know I was like I just I know exactly like you know the vision I have for it and even if I can't do it at least I know that like I've done it or something and it's Um, interesting as soon as you work or start writing with someone else it it is it changes the energy 100 percent you yeah. can be in your bedroom alone writing a song. As soon as someone else is in that room, it's, it changes. It's 100%. Yeah. And I think we, we like ended up putting out a record together um, under, he has like a solo project called In My Lungs. And yeah, and we ended up doing that. And it 
And it honestly like really did open up a whole new world of like collaboration that I think definitely translated onto the EP. Like, you know, he ended up like contributing some vocals and piano and I had like yeah. um, some other friends do drums and viola and, and it became this like big, beautiful sort of communal thing that I, I, I think I never thought was possible prior to that experience with Sam. So, I mean, like all of the parts that like I could play, guitar, vocals, like piano, um, like I tracked like my friends, like viola and violin here. Um, the only thing that was not was um, the drums. Cause like, I, I've, I have no idea when it comes to the drums, honestly. <laughs> One hundred one part-time jobs. 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 Support for one hundred and one part-time jobs is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. It's about hygiene here, kids. Join over seven million men worldwide who trust manscaped with this exclusive offer for you and for you only it's 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping with the voucher code earwax at manscaped.com that is for the performance package 4.0 they sent me a box and now i may or may not be starting an mlm but i opened this box and i'm not a massive trimmer cutter nipper i'm not really usually one of those types of people but i've been really enjoying it you know i don't think it's just for people who go to v revs i also think it might be for people who go to the shacklewell arms as well and that is the bridge that i'm trying to make manscapes.com on 101 part-time jobs this box includes everything you need to take care of your nads. It's the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is waterproof. You can drop it in the bath and it's not going to do anything. You've got a weed whacker for your ear and nose trimming, crop preserver ball deodorant, and your crop reviver toner, a pair of boxes, and a travel bag to hold it all. If you're going on tour or if you're going traveling, this is the thing. If you have balls and you want to take care of them, manscaped.com, 20% off and free worldwide shipping to get this whole package for the performance package 4.0. Earwax is the code at manscaped.com. Join them and join me trying to make some money for this podcast. Hope you don't mind. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. your move from South Carolina up to up to New York like you know was that a big decision for you or was it a no-brainer was it easy it was I mean you know I think just like moving away from home like in any capacity it was really difficult at first I, I remember like moving into like my like student like dorm and and having like a nightmare every night <laughs> um and being like oh god like I'm much worse off than like I think I am <laughs> Um, but 
but it, it got easy. I mean, to be fair, like my, my sister actually went to school in New York. And so when I like visited her when I was like 10 or 11, I was like, this is cool. I was like, this is great. Like, you know, it's like, I want to do this in like eight years from now. <laughs> um, and, you know, I just like I knew I wanted to do something creative. And, you know, like I'd, I'd been to L.A. before because my sister used to live there as well. And it felt too far away from home and it felt like big and sprawling and and I didn't like want to bring a car with me or anything. So, you know, like New York felt like the right the right decision. And it was like just close enough to home. I think it, it took like about like a year or two. I mean, and to be fair, it's like, you know, I like I love going to shows alone. And I feel like that actually is the capacity in which you would meet a lot of like new people. But I I always kind of kept to myself. And when I'd go to like shows by myself, I just like I'd go, I'd like enjoy the music, maybe like talk to like some of the people who were playing, but I wouldn't really, you know, approach them with anything, like any intent of like a following up. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm bothering you. So I'm just gonna like, I'm gonna dip out. <laughs> um, one whole part of my school was like, uh, like for about two whole years was like just pandemic, which is crazy. Right. Um, but honestly, I think it was, I, I actually studied abroad in London um, my junior right. year and I kind of like think that that was the time, weirdly. Um, you know, like I I had a friend who I met on Twitter when I was 15 <laughs> and um, he lived in, in Broadstairs. And so he would come into the into London and like hang out with me and he'd like take me around. And that's where I met uh, Tallulah for the first time, actually, at like a sad club event at the social. Nice. And, I don't know. I think it was like kind of being like immersed in, in that scene that I was like, this is really cool. I was like, you know, I was like, I'm seeing like an entirely different side to London than I, you know, I would have come like that I would have seen if I just like come and like, like fucked off by myself. Like, you know what I mean? Um, and I think I did still did like a lot of that, but you know, it was like kind of nice, like having somebody like, it was like, I know, yeah, like I know where to go. Like I, I know the ropes. And you need someone to show you around. Of course, otherwise, of course. Otherwise you're just like pissing in the wind. You don't really know where you're <laughs> Literally. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So yeah. And then I think I kind of like took that energy back with me to New York and I was like, I'm just gonna like start talking to everybody. <laughs> and, nice. and yeah, and I think it really, I think that really helped just like knowing that like there was like a, an underbelly to like these music scenes. And, and then like after college, I started working um, at this venue, Baby's All Right in Williamsburg. Yeah. Um, and like those people, like they're my family still. Like I, I love them all so dearly. Like that was like one of the best times of my life in terms of just like, you know, like you're like hearing live music every night for free, you know, you're meeting the bands and you're just like really like indulged into that like nightlife, which is really cool. Was it nice working for, you know, a pretty small managerial sort of situation, structure? Totally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the cool thing, too, is that because it's only like a 250, 300 cap venue, you know, you really see like a lot of amazing bands who like are underrated and like, you know, nobody's really heard of yet. Um, and that's really, really cool um, because, you're, you know, like when you see some of these bands, you're like, they might never play like a room this size again. And like, right. I, I, you know, and that's that's really there is this one artist that um, I put on, I, I actually like DM'd them and like reached out and, and was like, hey, like, would you like to open? We had this uh, artist called Bendigo Fletcher coming through babies. And um, so I reached out to Zanny who, um, they just put out a new record and I think they're on like Kill Rock Stars or something. Their, their music is amazing. Um, and I reached out to them and I was like, would you like to like 
open for this band coming through. Like, I think you'd be great. And I'm a really big fan of your music, so I'd love to see you. And like, they played solo. And like, I just remember, like, I left my doorpost. I was supposed to be like checking people in. And like, I just left and I was like, in awe of their performance. Like it was, it was, it was like amazing. It was just them and an acoustic guitar. And then some of them were like backing tracks, but like their presence and their energy just like blew me away. And I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. I was like, I booked them. I was like, that's so cool. (laughs) Did that have the effect of being able to look at your, your, your songs and your music a bit more seriously? Because I think it's fucking hard to take yourself seriously. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) I, I mean, I still, I still struggle to do it to be honest. Um, I mean, you know, I think that I think any like good person or just like normal person will like, especially like working as a musician will have like that kind of moment of like imposter syndrome. You're like, I don't like, how am I doing this? Like, why? (laughs) Like, you know, like people are listening and like, for what? Like, why do they want to? (laughs) Um, Honestly, I kind of feel like that with uh, with this tour coming up. I'm like, wow, like this is happening. And like it's because of this music which is a crazy a really insane thing um but yeah i think i mean around that time is when like when i i booked stanny it was like uh i think when i had first got the band together and i was like all right i was like we need to like you know up this like whole live performance <laughs> like i was like this is the way to do it this is the way it's done um like but, embracing it and being like fuck if we're gonna do it let's be organized let's be absolutely let's know what we're doing like let's be on time because because quite quickly other people are relying on you right 100 there's two of you you're relying off each other to be there on time just the simple stuff yeah absolutely and, and that's the thing too it's like you know when i first like because like all of our of my bandmates are like they're from completely different like walks of life like from and like how i've met them and like my guitarist like i met him and i actually met him like in a creative writing seminar like our first year um and so i've known him for like over five years and then my bassist, like, it was so weird. Like, he grew up in the state next to mine. He grew up in Georgia. And he was in a bunch of bands in high school. Um, and he's, like, two years older than me. And I always, like, used to see his band through, like, social media and stuff. And I was like, they're so cool. And I, and I never got to see them because, like, I couldn't, like, I couldn't even drive, like, when I, like, first heard about his, his stuff. And we kind of kept in touch through the years. And then about, like, Honestly, like the year before the EP came out, he was like, hey, like I'm I'm moving to New York. Like, you know, I don't really know anybody, but like if you ever like want to like hang out or jam, like let me know. And I was like, this is this is awesome. Right. I was like, I've, I've never met you. I've known you since I was like 15 and, and we've never met in person. <laughs> um, hey, I suppose like, that's going to have a reflection of of you being like, fuck, yeah, someone I know and I've heard of wants to play with me. Yeah, that's yeah, gonna- totally. That's a big confidence booster. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is, but it's great. Yeah. And then like my, uh, my drummer, he like, same kind of deal. Like I only knew him through like social media, which is also like a weird new thing, you know, of just like, I don't know, maybe it speaks to me just being like Gen Z, like just like meeting everybody through the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. But like, I mean, you know, I think for a lot of people and a lot of people who were more introverted, like in their, you know, high school years. Like I, I loved it. Like I loved being like on Twitter when I was 15 and being like, these people love like shoegaze. Like nobody in South Carolina likes shoegaze. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is entirely untrue. I just like wasn't going out and finding the people. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember it was so weird. I was actually like only friends with like people in the UK, <laughs> which was so strange that like I finally came over and like met everybody and 
my god this is probably embarrassing to say on a podcast but i i was like a huge like a uh, arctic monkeys fan when i was like 12. <laughs> that's fun um, that's and uh fun. like you know like like insane and i was just like i have to go to england like i have to go and like live my like anglophile life or something yeah. which was so yeah. embarrassing and <laughs> yeah and then and, and I, was, I was talking to my manager um sammy clark who he does like art school he has elsewhere you know in margate and he was saying the same thing to me. He was like, you know, I just always fantasized about New York. And I was like, okay, well, I'm great. Like, I'm glad that we're like exchanging this experience together. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, hey, that energy, like that love's got to come from somewhere. Absolutely. No, of course, of course. Um, and it was like so sweet. Um, Cause yeah, Sammy came and like stayed with, with me in New York last year. And yeah, and it was so funny. It just felt like the same, like same excitement I had when I like stepped foot in, in London for the first time. Like yeah, he had yeah. the same like, you know, look in his eyes. And I was like, it's awesome. I was like, it's such a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful thing. Um, but yeah, no, I had a, I had an amazing time. I, I really loved it. I used to like, I honestly just would, like, would walk around and, and go to shows by myself, you know, like, like I always have. And, and it was just like such a, a wonderful experience. I mean, you know, the public transport is also infinitely better than New York. So that's cool. <laughs> well, when you finished college and, and when that was wrapping up, because I guess, you know, when you, when you're studying, you mm -hmm. kind of have a reason to be, you're right. You know, I'm a student. That's what I yeah. do. And so that kind of uh, like solid ground or routine. Once you lost that routine, and you know, once school ended, how much pressure did you feel? I don't know how. How like? I mean, I was fucking. I still am scared. I'm like ten <laughs> years later. What was your sort of situation? And you know, did did you find somewhere before babies? All right. No. So that was like my first job, like immediately out of school. Um, yeah, no, no, I graduated and I was like, I was horrified. I was like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and you know, that's the thing too. It's like, like, you know, being a student full time, like I had that time to write and record and kind of just like, like fuck around and, and, and be able to experiment and, and like really dedicate that time to music, which like I, I long for and I cherish now, like in retrospect. <laughs> um, you need time. Like, Everyone needs yeah. time. Yeah. And it's, and that's the hardest thing is like, I think, because like now like I have a full-time job, like I work like a classic sort of like nine to five. Um, and it's really been difficult to figure out how to like make time for myself and, and for music. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Increasing like, friction as well. Like, you know, the EPs come out, you're touring in England. It's like, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's like stuff like tangible there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that was like the, the weirdest part. Cause I, I started this job in, at the end of June <clears throat> and I and it was like literally like right as I had signed like you know the contracts and stuff with Sad Club and I was like oh my god I was like why am I getting a full-time job right now but also like you know like and then what's the other choice the exactly, other choice is exactly. being skin and I was like god I was like I really like hope that I'm making you know the right choice and I actually I work at a touring agency so like that's the actually the best part is that they're very like understanding and very like open to that other like you know, aspect of my career, you know, they're very, and they're all like so supportive of my music as well, which is great. Right. And they should um, respect it. Right. Cause it's in there. It's in, you're in the same industry. Oh, exactly. Exactly. So they, you know, they, they know, they know like the name of the game. Um, but, have, but yeah, you learned some good things there, like just from being around people and totally you know, have, you, have you gleaned some, some good advice and I don't know, you know, we're all learning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think that's like the biggest thing that I kind of like want out of all my work. That's why I wanted to work at, at Babies. And, and I ended up going from like, you know, working door and coat to like being there. I was like their marketing coordinator for a while, which 
was like it was full time and it was uh you know it but it was like a bit more lenient i think than the job i have currently um and I know marketing it's just, a lot of band stuff yeah yeah exactly i mean and, but that's the greatest thing is that like i feel like i learned something different from like every single job which like is and it's all like for music it's all like as an artist um which i think is the biggest thing because like i just feel like so many artists who are starting out like don't know how to protect themselves like don't know the language don't know like you know just like all of the behind the scenes work that kind of goes into everything um and you know unless they are you know they're doing it like diy they're doing everything themselves um, but even so you just like want to make sure that like no one's like ripping you off you know <laughs> and if you don't know you don't know i mean look, exactly. it's, it's, it'd be really easy for us to say to take the piss out of someone who's doing a pay-to-play show yeah. in their town in the countryside but we you know if they don't know they don't know if, of course if, of course if they've been told i definitely needed people to tell me like you know you didn't need to say yes to that you know <laughs> yeah. you, you could have just made your own mind up totally of course no yeah i mean i still i still grapple with that definitely but yeah and then I, when i was working at babies like like uh, kind of going back to the idea of like a mentor um he he uh I had this boss, I'll call him my boss because he wasn't really my boss. Um, but um, he, uh, his name's Greg. He um, was just like the most amazing friend I think I met in the entire experience. Like we're, we're still like so close. He ended up playing like drums on my EP. Um, and like, I have come to him like for like every piece of advice. I've been like, you know, like, should I sign this? Should I do this? Like, you know, should I take this job right now? Like, will I make money touring? And he's just like, listen, listen, I've been around the block a few times. <laughs> and he's just like, he's been an amazing person to have, like, I think throughout this whole, like, process of this EP. Um, and like, I, I like, I literally, like, I saw him uh, for dinner last night and, and our mutual friend and, and, you know, and it, it was like, so great, because I was just like, I don't know what to expect. And, I don't know like how to do this and they're both just like calm down like you got it it's gonna be fine like kind of going back to what you and i were talking about at the beginning like you know whatever happens like it happens and like you're strong enough like <laughs> you'll be able to handle it and you know what you keep going on because you have to you got to show the next night so <laughs> it almost seems to me like things can quite there's a lot of decisions to make all the time 100 yeah, it's totally. quite easy to be overwhelmed by it but ultimately everything kind of comes back to like a few main foundation factors mm -hmm. like the sound and the way you want to act and be or look or all of that stuff yeah you know your tone of voice and you know the kind of ethic that you have mm -hmm. you know i feel i feel like those are the main everything can come back to those things and they can be kind of guiding lights maybe totally um, totally you know I'm, i guess i'm i'm going through a similar thing with my career because i want to work in podcast and radio yeah yeah kind of between jobs and i'm keeping going back to oh shit i just shouldn't take a job just because it's in radio, if it's just doing something that's not an editorial bit. Yeah. You know, I don't want to work in radio just because it's radio and then doing some shit boring thing there. Totally. I want to actually do something that I find interesting. And I wonder if, like, I'm making it sound really simple there, but. No, of course, but you want to feel like fulfilled in whatever you do. And I think that's like a, I think it's a hard time. And, you know, like, especially like, you know, living in a, in a capitalist society, you know, it's like, it's hard to. Totally to figure out something that like you don't hate like going into every day <laughs> um yeah and you know because it's just like you gotta survive you gotta do something but it's like I mean even you know with my job like I, I love it I love that like in like what industry it's in and, and I love the people there but it's like of course like you know you experience burnout you experience just like 
like massive, massive stress. <laughs> and you're just mm-hmm. like, oh my God. You're like, yeah. this is like a, this is life out of college. <laughs> like, you know. You got to um, keep remembering and, and try and like keep a good surroundings of people. Of course, yeah. To like try and, yeah. yeah. Totally. Ace. Kiss, thanks so much. That This is great. And Thud is, is such a wonderful EP. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. It, it sounds awesome. And, and the shows are going to be great. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm so excited to see you there. Uh, yeah yeah well up and it's great that you've got a manager that's in england and and Mar- and margate you know because because they get the, you know i haven't been to elsewhere but i've heard about it oh my gosh yeah it's, it's, it's amazing great to have a manager who knows the cool places to be you know the fun places to be oh my god he's been such a he's been such a blessing honestly i mean yeah that my first show that i, I played in, in the uk was at elsewhere when i was like studying abroad um and he just like kind of like took a chance on me and was like, yeah, like, let's put you on this bill. And it was like me solo. And I was, and you know, I was like 19. And it was such a crazy experience. But that's how I met Sammy. And that's how like, you know, we're, we still have this working relationship. Um, and he's how many been, shows did you play in England? Just just that one. Um, and how did that happen? How did you meet Sammy? Was that it was, was uh, it was through my friend, Stan, who he's the one I, I met on Twitter when I was 15. <laughs> um, and he was like, you know, he lived in the area. He'd been elsewhere so many times. And he was like, you should you should play a show and I'll introduce you to Sammy. And and it was so great. It was just it was so silly, <laughs> the whole thing. And I remember like um, I was trying to release two tracks at the time. And I was like, it was a track called October and another one called Trick or Treat. And I like remember I told Sammy at the time, like I sent him about like half of the demo of one of the songs. And I think I told him, I was like, oh yeah, I was like, I haven't um I haven't mixed the second half yet. And I just like hadn't written it, but I just like didn't want to tell him. <laughs> and then I finally like I finished it and then like sent it to him. We put them out and then and then yeah, and then like he was like, All right, well, since you have those like two new songs out, like it'd be great to like get you on a show. And it's like I knew, I was like, if I don't finish these songs, like I'm not getting the show. So like, I have to. <laughs> um and yeah and then i played and and it was crazy it was like 50 people it was opening for um, penelope isles which was really cool yeah great band um and and yeah it was awesome it was like the it was like right before i went home too so it was like the perfect like ending perfect closer to that trip brilliant good story good time (laughs) especially when you're that at that age you know to have yeah totally a bit of a a bookmark or a milestone or however you want to call it you know definitely that's ace. Thanks so much. I, I end these kind of I end these episodes asking about uh, people's gaffes, like their kind of fail, their work fails. Okay. You know, I, I've kind of been one that I like when working at the bar. I smashed everything. You know, I've kind of like fucked things up quite a lot. You know, that kind of that's like just w- deep within. I just totally accepted that about myself. From oh my, my gosh. <laughs> And I, does anything, you know, does anything spring to mind? Any anecdotes that, you know, you, you, you've sort of told that your friends have loved hearing about over the years? You know, the kind of thing that you kind of want to crawl up and die inside. Oh, my gosh. Honestly, I'm trying to think. If I have any that, like, come to mind, they're probably, like, all working at babies. <laughs> um, I don't, I can't think of anything, like, so, like, soul cringing right off the I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here. No, it's okay. I mean, I mean, was it what was it like chatting to people coming into babies? Because I mean, I mean, hey, you know, when you go for like the handshake and you like, <laughs> someone's do the fist pump and you do like the gear stick. Oh my god, no, <laughs> I, I, I've definitely, I've definitely done. I do that like every day. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, 
you know, you're just like, you're just interacting with so many personalities. I think it's just like about maintaining that kind of like service industry mask of like, yes, like, of course, like I'll go grab my manager. Like no problem at all. Like, you know, and like trying not to like scream. Um, yeah. But like, I, I did a lot of like, um, like door and like, or like uh coat check stuff. So like, you know, you're just like kind of like hidden in this like troll closet for like 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, I just had like, there's just like such, you know, intense personalities. And I mean, this is not even like really <clears throat> like a, like a fuck up or anything on my part, but I mean, I, I, it always stays with me because of like the way this woman came back, but I was like taking her coat, you know, giving her the ticket and she like came and she was just like really like rude, like, like right off the bat for some reason. Um, and cause basically like not to be boring with the details of our policy, but you know, you can only like, it's like $3 an item or something. And she was like, can I not put my bag like inside my coat? And that counts as one item. And I was like, no, because like the hanger's really heavy. It's going to break, <laughs> like, you know, and yeah. And, and you'll like, get in whatever. trouble probably. You know, right? Yeah. And I was like, it's our policy. Like, you know, like I hate to like uphold it. And like, I know it makes, yeah. you know, it, it, it sucks, whatever. Yeah. And she was just like really, really rude. And like, basically like, like cursed me out for like no reason. <laughs> and, and then like, I was like, all right. And I like took her cash and, you know, hung up her coat and was just like, all right, you know, like next. And she came back about like 30 minutes later and she was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> She's like, I've, I've lived in New York for 15 years and I don't even know where that came from. I am never rude to service industry people. Like I've just had a really bad day. Like I didn't mean to take that out on you. <laughs> That's I like, really nice. I was like, wow. I was like, I was like, thank you so much for saying that. I was like, I, I really appreciate that. I was like, it's totally fine. Like I get it, you know? And she was like, yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. And then she like tips me and it was really sweet. <laughs> Hey, that's a good lesson that it's never too yeah, late yeah. to, I don't know, try and reverse the situation. So, yeah, literally. I was like, okay. I was like, I'll take it. I was like, that's that's yeah. really, it's really sweet. <laughs> it's the little things, right? Of course. You know, it keeps you going. <laughs> Big time. Hey, thank you so much. Love the EP. Amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time today. <laughs> of course. Thank you. So that was Kirst on 101 Part-Time Jobs. Go and listen to her EP, Thud, which is out now on Sad Club Records. Follow both of those, Kirst and Sad Club, on socials. Find out where they're playing this next week and enjoy. See you next week or maybe later this one for a new episode with John. See you then. Here's Cox Barra. I've been working all day for me, mate, on the side. Running around like a blue ass fly. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day for me, mate. Every bleeding me. This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.